0: Welcome to Solid Steps Radio. My name is Chad Russell and this is Kurt Souter, our co-host and and founder of Further Still Ministries. And if you heard that, you're listening on the radio, you heard a lot of people. You say, man, they got a lot of people in the studio. We're not in the studio. We're at a live radio event and we've got 200 of our closest friends here today and we are going to do a live show. And so if you're listening to this on the radio... Then you missed out, maybe next year you can come, go to our Facebook page, and you'll be able to see Solid Steps Radio, how we have every fall a listener appreciation event, and it's free, and these folks had some good barbecue thanks to one of our sponsors, Southern Smoke Catering, and uh, so... We're doing a live show today. If you're just joining us on the radio podcast for the very first time, Solid Steps Radio is a show for men by men, talking about stuff from a man's perspective. We have all kinds of ladies who come up and go, I know I'm not supposed to listen to the show, but that's okay. We want everybody to listen to the show. But our main audience is we want to talk to guys, because guys is really easy to talk about sports, weather business, politics, but we start talking about the things of the kingdom of God and things that are for eternity, sometimes us guys can kind of wilt a little bit and not want to talk about those things. So we want to have a show that have a platform to talk about those. So today, we are having a, a topic that is front and center in most of our shows and in, in the history of our shows, but our guest today, this is his seventh time on the show, which really, he's kind of like like Don Rickles was to The Tonight Show, This guest is to us. He's been on seven times. Nice analogy. And not only is he going to be on seven, but he's going to be on eight. Because when he sent us the notes for this show, I called Kurt, and Kurt, we talked, and I said, dude, this is two shows. He gave us enough information. This is not one show. This is two shows. Because it is such good, important information, we need to give ourselves time to talk about this. We're talking about marriage today, and we're talking about the component of truth in marriage and how trusting your spouse is how important it is ingrained into uh, a marriage. So we've got Dr. Charles Tackett on today, and he's going to help lead us down the path of what it looks like in trusting in your marriage. So Chuck, welcome back to the
1: show. It's great to be back, guys. It's, uh, you know, Chuck, um, you have been a huge blessing to, uh, to me personally and to my family. And so just thanks uh, again for coming to the live radio event. Uh, so, Chuck, um, first of all, t- just real quickly, talk to our, our listeners about how in the world you got involved in marriage counseling. Well, as, as I shared on the last show,
2: um, early on, I hated working with couples, to be very honest about it. Um, it was kind of like you were being shot from two different directions. <laughs> uh, so if I dealt with a person who had depression or anxiety disorders of various types, PTSD, things like that, it was pretty easy to deal with. You study hard, you practice well, and, and you help people out with that kind of stuff. Um, But with couples, it was really a great pain to kind of deal with them. And so I used the old theories, and they worked relatively well, but not as well as the research theories work. And so in 2000, I had a chance to go out to the University of Washington, as uh, some of you have heard me share before, um, and study with Dr. John Gottman for four and a half months. Uh, John is the number one marital researcher in North America, has been for right around the last 40 years or so. So it was a great privilege to be out there and learn about marriage research from the ground up and learn where the best research on marriage is being done within within North America and even in Europe. So uh, as I shared in the last show, get back from the lab and then all of a sudden, 80% of my caseload's working with couples. Whereas previously it was about 25, 30% of my caseload. So uh, as we said last time, uh, if you pray to God for help, he will answer it. And maybe sometimes it's a challenging answer, but he will answer it.
1: And God has a sense of humor. Oh,
2: he's tremendously funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he is. I think Jesus yeah. was uh, was was absolutely uh, hilarious at times. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so okay. So Chuck, um, talk. You know, as Chad introduced uh, you, and you di- you're, you're involved in this marriage counseling. You you have. I mean, it's been. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of couples. I've dealt with or
2: counseled right around 600 couples over the years. Um, started practice in January of '91, uh, and have done right around I'd say 37,000, 30, 38,000 hours of counseling individuals and couples. So I commonly tell my people, I doubt that you'll tell me something I haven't heard at least a hundred times. You know, so uh, so dealt with the vast majority of things that are out there. It's actually been about five years since someone said something to me that was kind of surprising. So, uh, so you, you get used to kind of dealing with all kinds of concerns.
1: So, Chuck, uh, you wanted to, you know, when, mm-hmm. when you were in the, on the last time on the program, right. Chad and I looked at each other, and we go, Dude, he needs to come and talk about marriage at our, our, our radio event. Mm-hmm. And you go, Yes. And there's uh, actually some new research yeah. that you have been working towards and mm-hmm. reading and digesting. Mm-hmm. And so we go, Yes. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that.
2: Okay, um, the new research uh, really began to be finalized in the beginning of 2017, uh, started to be published in early to late 2018. Uh, so we're gonna be talking about some of that stuff today. But I wanna give you a little bit of an introduction here. Um, and the first point of the introduction is, happy marriages predict these things. Happy, close, emotionally close marriages predict these things. They, for husbands, for wives, and for the kids. If, you, if your kids and you live in a happy marriage, the likelihood when we look at large numbers of people that you will live significantly longer, it goes through the roof. You'll be emotionally healthier. You will be physically healthier. You will become wealthier because you've stayed together and you've built a good relationship with one another. Do you mean more money? Yeah, yeah, amazing, isn't it? <laughs> well, you know, it's the funny thing about divorce settlements. You lose half of it, right? <laughs> Okay, so how are you going to build wealth if you lose half of what you have every 10 years? Going to be pretty hard, right? But if you stay together and you build, you got a great opportunity. Now, over the last 45 years, the epidemiologists uh, who study various kinds of concerns, medical and relational concerns in our culture, continually, every year, reaffirm that we live longer, significantly longer, healthier physically, healthier psychologically, and become wealthier And our kids get blessed in a multitude of ways if we will build a great marriage. Now, if we have the kind of marriage where we just exist with one another, ah, all bets are off. If we get divorced, it's the same as if we have a poor marriage. So the only way that we really bless ourselves and bless our kids and bless other people is if we learn to build a great marital relationship.
1: So that's the goal we ultimately have. Talk, Talk, just real quickly, I think we know the downside, but the, the flip side to that of, of what happens, the negative mm-hmm. pieces of when we have a poor marriage. Well, a couple of the dominant things
2: is obviously you, you live, your quality of life seriously goes down. Uh, your kids don't really get blessed to the degree that is capable for them to be blessed. Um, and, and you begin to live a life of, of isolation. Uh, just tremendously isolated in your life. Uh, What I want to note at this point, Kurt, is just this whole issue of being very mathematical about this concept called set points, okay? And it's a newer piece of the research that's coming out. Uh, If you're a happy couple, you're connected well with one another, then what you'll find is that for every one mistake or misstep you make towards your spouse, you'll find that you're doing 11 positive things or more towards your spouse. If you're a happy couple, we just see that again and again and again in the lab. But even that's in a non-conflict situation. In a conflict situation, happy, happily married couples, if you count every one little negative thing they do towards one another, they will do five positive things towards one another in an argument.
1: In an argument.
2: In an argument. Their ratio is five to one. Now that that sounds crazy. Like you're having an argument with one another. How can you be kind and how can you be connected with one another? You know, you can look at your spouse. So if my wife and I are debating with one another to some degree, I'll just look at Kim and I'll say, Kim, honey, I love you. And she'll continue to share. And I'll say, honey, I want to know what you think about this. If there's more you want to share about this, baby, share. I want to hear. Well, what am I doing there? I'm connecting with her in a positive way. Plus, I really do want to know what she thinks. I really do want to know what she feels or what she feels. That's, that's important stuff to me.
1: And so the, the emotional connection oh, it's, it's key. Just, just continues to deepen.
2: It does. It does. So, so when we look at unhappily married couples, their ratio in non-conflict situations is they have, for every one negative they do, they only do three positives in the, in the, in the non-conflict situations. Okay? In conflict situations... Point 0.8 to one, so basically a one to one ratio. When they argue, for every one positive thing they do, they do a negative thing. So is it wonder? Is it any wonder at all in our culture that some of the richest people are attorneys? Okay, because we just in a poor marriage and an unhappy marriage, we do just about for every one good thing we'll do one bad thing. For every one constructive thing we do, we'll do one destructive thing
1: so so chuck just real quickly give us an example of okay you're 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 having a disagreement mm-hmm. let's just say like
0: chad chad and jenna um <laughs> by the way. Jenna's here. So I, oh, I saw her. Nice. I, I saw <laughs> her. <laughs> and my two boys are here. Two of my boys are here, too. So. Okay.
2: First off, Jenna, okay, Jenna okay. where are you? Would you raise your hand? Okay, that helps me to know where something will come flying from.
1: <laughs> Let's just, uh, Chuck, now, just, Kurt, uh, I'm going to dive behind you because you brought this <laughs> up, okay? Yeah. Let's just say you're having a, a, a pretty significant disagreement. How do you positively you know, mm-hmm. bring in that affirmation, bring in what, what you're talking about here?
2: Well, it can be something as foundational as, honey, I really want to know what you think here. Now, the, the catch is you actually have to mean that when you say it. <laughs> you don't say, honey, I really want to know what you mean. <laughs> okay, because what does that communicate? Okay, I'm gonna sit down and shut up for a while. I'll try to endure this as long as I can. Okay? But if you look at her and you say, "Honey, I really do want to know what you what you're thinking. I really do want to know what you're feeling. Honey, I love you. I'm crazy about you. So please share with me." Then she knows by the tone of your voice and by the words you selected that she really, you know, that you really want to hear what she's got to say.
1: Now, now what if you radically disagree with her? Well, then you just
2: look at her and say, "Honey, I love you. I'm crazy about you, and I just don't agree with you on that point." <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, so I'll tell you what. Let's, so, let's uh, we, uh, we, uh, so, Chuck, we're gonna we're gonna pick back right. up on the set points,
0: and we, we're gonna talk a little bit more of ratios, and we wanna talk how do we build trust. Yep. But we're gonna take a break right now. All right, so we're gonna take a break, come back, and Chuck's gonna talk about. He's gonna unpack over the next three segments seven ingredients to build trust. Five ingredients for trust. Five ingredients for five trust. Ingredients okay, for trust. good. That's less, the more I can learn and know. So it's five. So we're going to take a break and we'll be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio in our second segment. If you're just joining us and you're hearing that very excited crowd, we are at a live event. And we're here today talking to Chuck Tackett and uh, Dr. Charles Tackett. I call him Chuck because he's a friend of mine, but Dr. Charles Tackett. And in the first segment we were talking about just a 30,000 foot view of how you have a, a good uh, a good marriage in regards to building trust, and we're going to talk more about that, but if you want to have uh, a, a financing industry that will, an uh, in, individual company that will help build you trust, l and Credit Union can do that. They're a fantastic sponsor. We want to thank them for sponsoring our show. And also, uh, Vision First Eye Care. Uh, if you need somebody to trust your eyeballs to and your sight, I got contacts in my eyes right now that are from Vision First, and they are a great organization. Rod Rollo and his crew, want to thank them for sponsoring our show, so Chuck, um, you know, we talked about the, the the set point, and really, if we mm-hmm. want a quality life in
1: marriage, uh, you know, yeah. a, a quality life, we we need to have a good marriage. Mm-hmm. And and Chad just talked about trust. But before we do that, you you mentioned before the show to Chad and me, the number one concern for couples, yeah, is yeah. what
2: one of the key studies ever done uh, would be the newlywed study that Dr. Gottman did. Um, There were 130 couples in that newlywed study. Uh, They continued to be tracked, and uh, the number one concern that the newlywed couples expressed was building trust with one another. That was their top concern. Their worst fear was betrayal. So what we do to build trust with one another is absolutely essential. So we let off with the set points because they really help us begin to build trust. So when we have high levels of care and concern and love for one another, even when we're disagreeing with one another, the reality is we will become closer with one another over the weeks, months, and years of our relationship with one another.
1: So we can have disagreements and even a healthy, vigorous disagreement. Discussion. 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 And it can still
2: lead to greater trust. Yeah, because what, I'm, what we're really saying to one another in, in a very active discussion with one another is I really care about what you think. I care about what your emotions are. You know, I care about what the Lord is doing in your life. You know, you as a person, you really do matter to me. So the first ingredient, we've got five ingredients for trust that we find in, new, in the best research out there and the newest research out there. And the first key attitude of trust is simply this. Do I fight for you and what you need. So in the marriage, am I fighting for what you need, what's important to you? So with my wife, with Kim, I'm more concerned about fighting for what's important to her, what she thinks, what she feels, what she needs, what she desires. That matters to me more than what I think, what I feel, what I desire, okay? And I've learned over the years, I don't really ever have to worry about what my, you know, what my needs are, what my thoughts, my feelings, my hopes, my dreams, or my desires are, because Kim will fight for those, okay? So if we're gonna build trust with one another in marriage, we have to first focus on, fight for the, the needs uh, that our spouse has. Now, we can do the opposite. We can fight for our own interests, so I want you to think of it this way. When, when we're trying to build trust and we're trying to fight for the other person's interest, the way we will argue is in one of three ways. We'll argue in one of three ways. We, we, we will either argue a win-lose argument where I'm gonna argue with you and my goal is to win the argument. So if I win the argument, who loses? You do. Well, ultimately we both do, but, but I'm, I'm walking away thinking, okay, I just won the argument, whoop-de-doo. Okay, I'm really great and tremendously distant from you now. So I didn't win anything, even though it feels like I won the argument. Um, But my wife loses then. Or we can argue in such a destructive way that we both lose. And trust decreases. Or we can argue in a win-win way. And the win-win way is I want to know what she thinks, what she feels, what she needs, and I want to focus on that. I want to argue, in essence, for her behalf. And so when she returns that and does that towards me, the reality is we grow closer to one another over over that discussion and over the weeks, months, and years we get we get very close.
1: Chuck, when you're when you're working with couples yeah. and you you're seeing this right before your very eyes yeah. that that he is arguing for his needs and what yeah. he wants yeah. and she is doing the same. How how do you begin to um, bridge the gap? Mm-hmm. How, I mean, how do you help them begin to hey you are looking at this in a selfish way to, to deny yourself and care for your spouse?
2: Uh, well, one thing I don't say is you're looking at this in a selfish way. Uh, <laughs> because for some reason, if you say that to people, they get really upset. You know, it's amazing to think of it that way, Kirk. but they get really upset hey, you're just being anymore. selfish here, okay? Uh, no, sometimes what I'll do is I'll just stop and, and I'll say, okay, what emotion are you feeling right now? okay. Do you feel closer to your spouse right now? Okay, if you don't feel closer to your spouse right now, then the way you're communicating isn't working. Hmm. So let's try a new way. Let's try a different way. Let's try a way
1: that agrees with research and agrees with what Scripture teaches. Because what you're talking about, as, you, as you're talking about it, 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 I mean, it flows right out of Philippians chapter 2. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, you know, don't think of your own interests, but yeah. the interests of others. Yeah. and this. Other right now is my yeah. bride or right. uh, my spouse. And, and so,
2: one of the crazy things that you find when you read the secular research out there is, is the vast majority of these secular researchers have absolutely no idea about Scripture. None whatsoever. Now, Dr. Gottman's the exception. He's read the New Testament through a number of times in his life, okay? And he's knowledgeable of, of many of the ways that we think and feel about Scripture. Um, but the vast majority of the researchers out there don't really know what we think and feel about Scripture. So, when they Discover things that agree with Scripture. I frankly think we got to take that really quite seriously. Okay, I would think.
1: Oh, yeah, might we might <laughs> want to do that. You know, <laughs> that'd be a good idea. Okay, so number one, number number one ingredient is fight for the, fight for the other person. Okay. Second ingredient. Do
2: you want to maximize your benefits in the relationship, or do you want to maximize your spouse's benefits in the relationship? Do you wanna maximize your your benefits in the relationship or your spouse's benefits in the relationship? Okay, not only fighting for your spouse, but are you really thinking about this in a way where you're saying, well, okay, what am I gonna get out of this? If that thought enters your mind and you're having a discussion with one another, uh, your relationship is just circling in a negative direction, okay? So just being able to really say, I'm gonna think about how can I maximize my spouse's benefits in this discussion. See, so in the first point, in the first ingredient, if I'm fighting for you, I'm also gonna to wanna to maximize your benefits. Okay, that's the second key ingredient. I have, to, I have to maximize the benefits that you get out of this. And so what we really see in the research is that when we fail to maximize the benefits that our spouse gets in these discussions we have with one another, That really is the first step toward betrayal. Mm. That's the first step towards betrayal. Because when I don't focus on you, what am I saying to you? It's all about me. It's all about me, and I don't really care about you. You really don't matter to me. Well, how does that feel in your life when anybody relates to you in a way where they don't value you, where you're not important to them? Do you, do you turn cartwheels? Or are you so happy you just have to turn cartwheels? Well, no, it really hurts. I mean, it really tremendously hurts. So we just have to be very, very careful. Very, very
1: careful about that. John, give us an example, a practical example of something that you and Kim have done, or or you've seen actually, a, you know, a couple that you're working with, and 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 their 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 eyes are opened to this concept. Yeah. Well, I, sometimes
2: I'll just say to my people, um, right now. You, you're focused on what's going on inside of you. I wonder what would happen if you would focus on what's going on inside of your spouse. Right, right now, what is your spouse, what emotion is your spouse feeling? Right now, what is the more likely thought that your spouse is actually thinking? It's really trying to get them out of themselves and thinking about the other person. Now in the research world we have a couple of really fancy words about uh, a couple of fancy words about that. We call it metacognition and meta emotion. Whoop-de-doo, right? Okay, but that's that's kind of our inner language. So metacognition is I know what I'm thinking at any given point in time, and I can make a pretty good educated guess about what you're thinking at any given point in time. Meta-emotion is, I know what emotion I'm likely feeling at a given point in time, and I can make an educated guess what emotion you're feeling at a given point in time. And when I have those two dialogues, dialogues going on in my mind, then I'm going to be thinking through, how can I actually connect with you? How can I say what I need to say in a way that you can understand, in a way that will touch you, in a way that might actually move you? And then, will you return that to me?
1: I mean, it's, it's really this old leadership principle seek to understand yeah. Yeah. before being understood. Yeah, very much so. I mean, it's this. Um, so, okay, so that's uh, ingredient number one and two. Right. Let's, let's talk about uh, ingredient number three. Okay. So, it, basically, well, let me make two other points. So,
2: if I'm going to summarize those first two ingredients, I'll summarize it this way I do not want to give to get, I want to give to give. So when you're evaluating yourself and building trust, evaluate how you're giving. Don't evaluate what you're getting. Evaluate what you're giving. Oh, that's too hard, Chuck. (laughs) That's um. It is, it is, until you begin to feel joy in doing that. Yes. And until, you know, right at the point that you see your spouse connecting with you in a deeper way, it's like, wow. Hey, I like that. I think I'll do this more. I mean, again,
1: you go back to Jesus. It's more blessed to give
2: than to receive. Than to receive. And the the funny thing about this is, this they say, "I give to give." That is what secular researchers are discovering, is a key ingredient in building trust. It's right out of the Bible. Right out of Scripture.
0: So, you know, maybe we got something. <laughs> that's good right, so stuff. We're, we're, we're going to take a break here. We're going to take a break, and uh, everybody's going to gather their thoughts <laughs> after what you just said, because it's one of those things that we hear it, and then we say, okay, is that real in my life? Giving versus receiving. Right? I heard somebody say it's more, it's more important to be interested than it is to be interesting. And uh, that's uh, – I have a hard time with that. So, okay, we're going to take a break, and uh, we're going to be back uh, for a third segment and talk more about – the uh, the trust metrics and we got we've covered two we got five more to cover three either right three more three more, three more, more to cover so more. we're going to cover those in the next couple of seconds so we're going to take a break on solid steps Radio Thank you very much. We are welcoming uh, Chuck Tackett back to our third segment. We're here at our radio listener appreciation event, and uh, we love doing these. This is one of the highlights of the year. Uh, We also want to thank our sponsors of our show. Um, We like to thank Bright Star Home Care. Bright Star likes to help people in their need when they have a loved one who needs care, whether it's 24 hours a day or just one day a week. Bright Star Home Care does that. Uh, and also Frank Enterprises. If you have water management problems outside or you got a septic system that's not doing what it's supposed to do, Frank Enterprises takes care of that. So we want to thank those two sponsors and also Country Lake Christian Retreat Center uh, for being a great sponsor of our show.
1: Okay, Chuck. So we're building trust, trust in the marriage. We've, uh, we've looked at a couple of uh, the first two ingredients. D- jump right into ingredient number three. Okay, ingredient number
2: three is how good am I at spotting and noting to myself the positive things you do towards me? How good am I at spotting and noting to myself, that is actually thinking about it, the positive things you do towards me? Unhappily married couples only spot 50% of the positive things that their spouse sends in their direction.
1: 50%. So, So, hold on. Let me... 50, they only, their spouse does, let's say a hundred things yeah. and they only, they only catch 50 then. They only catch 50. That right. sounds
0: high to me. Like if you're in, you're talking about people that aren't in a great marriage. Yeah. I would think it would be a lot less than that. You're saying the half?
1: Half. Wow. Half. Okay. But, but yeah. on the down, on the flip side of that, I mean, they're miss. they're not recognizing 50% of the things that their spouse is doing.
0: Right. They're just missing it. Now, when you say missing it, are they, you mean they're not? They're, they're not, not even seeing it. But are they even uh, talking about acknowledging it to their spouse? Like when they just no, keep it not, to themselves? They, if but they don't see it, they can't acknowledge okay, it. Okay, I got
2: you. Yeah. Got gotcha. you. Yeah, so they're not even seeing it. They're blind to it in essence. The, okay. their,
1: their spouse is doing all these things and they can't even see it. Right. They don't see it. Can, can, uh, give, 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 give us an example.
2: Um, Okay, so let's say in the office I've got a couple. They're talking with one another, and and, uh, the husband says something to the wife, and and he affirms her, and she just goes right on talking about what she was talking about. She doesn't stop and say, honey, thank you for saying that. Okay, honey, thank you for saying that. That means a lot to me. And And then picks up with what she was talking about. Wow. You acknowledge it. Okay, what's, what's one of the old hymns, audience, what's one of the old hymns we used to sing in church a lot? It starts with the word count. Count your,
1: blessings. Count, count your many blessings, right? You, 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 so in, in essence, what you're saying is we need to count our many blessings that our spouse has been right. blessed. Because right, we're, missing, we're missing, if in an ha- unhappily married couple,
2: they're missing 50% of it. So, okay, so let's say you're going to, for the next three months, you're going to miss 50% of the meals you could have. How, how are you going to feel in two days, let alone in three months? Not good. Not good at all. Okay. So there's all this food that's out there for you, and you're running by it 1,000 miles an hour. And also frustrated at your spouse that you're not getting from your spouse what you want to get from your
1: spouse. Okay, so Chuck, as you're counseling couples, how do you help? I, I don't know, but my guess would be that guys are probably more clueless than the ladies. You're you, kidding. <laughs> but how, no. how do you help? How do you how do you help a
2: guy see that? Uh, many times in the session, I'll just simply say, I, I, want you, I want to stop right here. Your wife just affirmed you. Your wife just complimented you. And right now, your face doesn't even say that you picked that up. So let's stop right now. What do you need to say to your wife to note to her that she just affirmed you? And much of the time, he'll look at me and he'll do this. <laughs> So, okay, well, now I, now I know what i got to work with. Uh, <laughs> not much. <laughs> well, because man's, in man school, we don't, we don't get taught to spot a compliment from our wife. We don't get taught that. Okay, we get taught in man school, find your agenda and run that agenda through. And that you'll be successful in marriage if you just run your agenda through. Well, husbands, when you run your agen- agenda through, 99% of the time, all you're really doing is running over her. And so, would it be all that surprising that she feels like you're running over her since you are, in fact, doing that? And then, how could you build trust? Okay, now, let's do one little quick quiz here, guys. All right, we need audience help on this point. Um, I'm going to name different regions of the country, and uh, I want you to tell me what region of the country you think does worst, is the worst, at building trust culturally. So let's start with the Northeast. Applaud if you think that the people who were born and raised in the Northeast really don't learn much about trust. Okay, Midwest.
0: (laughs) Said the people from the Midwest. (laughs) I know the answer to this by the way, so go ahead. All right, South.
2: Southwest. <laughs> <laughs> He's from New Mexico, by the way. <laughs> and West. Now most people in the country forget the Northwest, Washington, Oregon, Northern California. Okay. The region of the country, that has been a lot of research, this research continues to be replicated that teaches, that, that doesn't teach us to trust effectively is the South. I think, when
1: I heard that, Chuck. Yeah.
2: And the principle, the principle is this. The farther South you were raised, the less you were culturally taught to trust people. The farther North you were raised,
1: the more you were taught to trust people. Now, okay, so when Chuck, um, before the show started, we were talking about, Ch- Chad, uh, we, we were talking about this whole concept of trust in the, in the areas of the country, yeah. and you,
0: I think it was Chad, you yeah. said... I heard a guy once say, I think he, I don't know if it was a salesman, trainer, he said, in the, in the south, they stab you in the back. In the north, they stab you in the front. You see it coming in the north. There's no filter. They, they, they're very honest with you in the north, right? But in the south, they stab you in the back. And I thought, well, I never forgot that. And that's not, it's a very wide characteristic, but it, to what you just told yeah. us, that yeah. reminded me of that. So,
2: Yeah, well, when you have research that continues to be replicated every two or three years, and right now I think the length of that longitudinal research is about 30 years, you, you might actually have something, Okay. Now, please, if you're from the South, uh, you're not truly insulted, okay? Understand that it just means it might be a little bit more challenging for you to come to a place in life where you trust. That's all the research really says, okay? Okay,
1: so Chuck, I, um, uh, that ingredient, mm-hmm. wow, that's noting to myself the positive things. I, I love right. that. We have but, to do that. Well, uh, Let's go to ingredient number, number four. four. Number four is... Excel at listening is the fourth ingredient
2: to build trust. Excel at listening. What did you say? Excel at listening. (laughs) Do you find anybody up here that we need to pray for? (laughs) Thank you, Kurt. Uh, Yeah. Um, Listen with compassion. Mm -hmm. Allow your heart to be broken for your spouse. That's how you know you're listening with compassion. Allow your heart to be broken for your spouse. Allow yourself to feel the pain that your spouse feels. And another one is listen with interest. Actually, be interested in what they're thinking, what they're feeling. Pay attention to what's going on in them, inside of them emotionally, what's going on in their thinking life, in their thought life, what's going on in their spiritual life, what their physical needs are, what their, you know, all of their needs. Just pay attention to
1: all of those needs. Just real quick, Chuck, yeah. um, how do you help a couple? As you're counseling with them, how do you help a couple mm-hmm. do that? I'm just simply look at them and
2: just say, okay, what's your best guess about what's going on in your spouse right now? because most of the time we don't we don't really listen that intently we really don't we typically in marriage we listen to gather the information that we want to gather so that we then can respond in the way we want to respond we don't listen because we really want to try to understand mm. And that's one of the big keys. When we excel at listening, we listen with compassion. We care about what's going on inside of them. And we learn to listen with interest. We're truly interested as to what's going on in, you know, inside of our spouse.
1: That can be hard. Wow. Chuck, we're going to take Until a Until you get really good at it. Until you get, and, until you get really takes, good. And it really takes it takes it practice. Takes it takes practice. It yeah. takes
2: practice, and you have to work yeah. with it. So, so one of the things you can say is, um, you can say to your spouse, Honey, what am I missing right now? What am I missing right now? What am I not getting right now that you would desire that I would get? Because, honey, I really want to understand.
1: Okay, we're going to take a break.
0: So we'll take a break, come back with a fourth and final segment, and we're going to recap If you're just joining us on on the radio and you're just like, what are they talking about? We're going to talk, recap in the fourth segment, so hang in there. And if you didn't catch all of this and you want to catch it all, go to our Facebook page, go to SoundCloud or iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts, and just type in Solid Steps Radio, and you'll be able to hear our show in its entirety thanks to sponsors uh, like uh, our show tonight. So we're going to take a break. We'll be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. (laughs) Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. This is our fourth and final segment. And uh, actually, we're going to have one more segment. So if you're listening on the radio and you're just catching it, you're not going to be able to hear the fifth segment. We're going to have a Q&A session with our guest, Dr. Charles Tackett. And we're going to have an audience write down questions about marriage, and we're going to take a host segment and answer that but if you want to hear that you can go to our facebook page soundcloud or itunes and listen to the podcast it's going to be the bonus segment or you can go to facebook and we did a a facebook live video you can watch all of that in its entirety so we want to thank our sponsors uh dr eric veal and uh, his dentistry team we also want to thank dan hart financial uh and we also want to thank again our sponsors of of the meal tonight southern smoke barbecue and they've done an excellent job. I can't wait to eat, my, eat a little brisket sandwich here in a little bit and have Veritech Generators. We want to thank all of our sponsors for sponsoring not only our event but also our show on a regular basis.
1: Okay, so, Chuck, uh, you, you talked on the, these five ingredients. We were on number four in the last right. segment. Number four, uh, excel at listening.
2: Right. So we've gone, over, we've gone over two points, so let's hit a few more here real quick. One is, uh, learn or listen by asking open-ended questions or making open-ended statements. So you could just simply say, um, I would love to know more about that. Honey, it would help me if you would just share with me a little bit more about that. Those are open-ended statements. Or you could say, uh, do you feel comfortable at this time, honey, sharing more with me about that? That's an open-ended question, okay? So we wanna do that. We wanna ask open-ended questions, make open-ended statements. Second, or the fourth point really, is learn to listen in a non-defensive manner. When you listen to your spouse, do not focus on protecting yourself. You can go back to episode 170 where we talk about uh, one of the horsemen called defensiveness. And and that's just a very destructive thing. So learn to listen in a non-defensive way. Second is be self-disclosing. Be open about what you're experiencing, what you're thinking, what you're feeling. Now, mm. don't be open in a rude way. Just say, well, honey, as you share that with me, here's something that's going on inside of me. Okay, describe what's going on inside of you. Mm. Um, uh, number uh, six would be be accepting and non-judgmental. Accepting and non-judgmental. Number seven is be empathetic. That is be compassionate in your connection with one another. Focus on the emotion in the beginning before you focus on a thought. See, guys, what we're taught, men, what we're taught in man school is focus on thinking more than you focus on emotion. For some weird reason, that doesn't work well in marriage. (laughs) Okay? So we have to learn first, focus on the emotional connection. And once we make that emotional connection, then the thoughts can come along after that. So number eight is, for a few moments see your relationship and your spouse's perspective. So being excellent at listening is, is focus on their, their perspective, their point of view, their understanding of something not on your own. Uh, this, will ha- this will help your spouse to not feel alone, to not feel so doggone lonely.
1: What if they're wrong, Chuck?
2: <laughs> Do you mean that we don't want to understand somebody if they might have a different perspective? <laughs> But I, I, I'm I, I, hey, I, you open I, your
1: I, mouth on that I, one, buddy.
2: <laughs> we still want to understand. We still, we still want to understand. And I'll pray for you, Kurt. Because <laughs> I know you pray for me. Okay. Number nine. Uh, by deep listening, I am not saying I completely agree. I am saying I want to understand you deeply. So when you want to understand your spouse deeply in a given point, in a given area of life, you're not really saying, I completely and totally agree with you. You're saying, I just want to understand your point of view. I just want to understand your experience. And then number 10 is remember that there are no perfect perceivers, no perfect perceivers. See, as human beings, we got two huge problems, two massive problems. The first is we're sinful but let's just say I'm having a discussion with my wife and on that given occasion I'm not sinning towards her, I still have a very, very significant problem going on inside of me. I'm finite. Mm. I'm finite. Which means even if in a given situation I'm not sinning against my wife, because I'm finite, I'm not going to understand everything she's thinking and every emotion she's feeling and everything she's experiencing. So why would I want to behave and act like I do? it serves no purpose to behave and act like I really completely and totally understand her because I don't. Even if I'm not sinning, even if I'm not sinning, I'm still finite. Mm. Okay, let's go to ingredient number five, guys, okay? Okay. Ingredient number five is learn to listen. That's going to scare you guys. Men, that's going to scare you. Get ready, okay? Learn to listen to troubling emotions. See, man school... This is scary. <laughs> Man school taught us as men, if you're around any woman and she has an emotion that you would define as troubling, run as fast and as far as you can to get away from her. You learn to say to yourself, God gave us the fight or flight response for a reason. So I'm going to use it and I'm going to run, okay? Okay. <laughs> Well, it it doesn't really work. So we have to learn to listen to troubling emotions. And generally, there are four troubling emotions that we can experience. The first is anger. So remember that anger is generally about unmet goals, unmet goals, unmet dreams. Much of the time, anger is about unmet goals, unmet dreams. So you can do something like this. You can say, please help me understand that. Even when your spouse is annoyed, frustrated, angry at you, you can say, Please help me understand that. Hmm. You make a request for more information. Now, when you do that the first time, guys, men, uh, your your wife might pass out and you might need to resuscitate her. And hopefully you both will enjoy that. Okay? (laughs) Okay? The second thing that you can ask related to anger is, I would love to know more about that concern. I would love to know more about that concern. See, men, man's school teaches us to run, to flee in that situation. What scripture teaches us to do is walk right into the middle of it. Don't flee it. Don't run from it. Walk right into the middle of it. Okay? And I promise you this. You get good at that, God will bless you in ways that you can't even dream of right now. Mm-hmm. The second troubling emotion is sadness. And sad, sadness generally involves the loss of something. So you can just simply say to your spouse, you can say, honey, um, what are you missing right now? Honey, what are you missing right now? To deal with the sadness element. Um, And then the next would be fear. The third would be, the third key one is fear. And fear usually is about feeling unsafe. Okay, fear is usually about feeling unsafe. So you can say, Honey, are there ways that I might be able to help you feel safer right now? Honey, are there ways that I might be able to help you feel safer right now? You can walk right into the middle of fear. Okay? We don't have to run from fear. We can walk right into the middle of it. And there are places in Scripture that are replete with examples of walking right into the middle of a situation that's
1: fearful. You know, Chuck, as you're talking about this, it just it just shows I think all of us our incredible need that we need yeah. we need help with this. Yeah. You know, we need we need a Savior, we need a Lord yeah. that we can lean into. And um, I mean, I, that's the that's the gospel message. Uh, Jesus came to give us life, mm-hmm. to give us forgiveness, to die on the cross for our sins, so that we could um, only in faith and trust in Him could we have hope and 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 and, and have help. Yeah. He is our only one who can help us in this whole marriage context. Chuck, it has been a joy Mm -hmm. to have you. Thank you so much for sharing uh, sharing your wisdom. Um, You know, Chuck, you're going to be back um, coming up later this month because we're going to talk. We're going to build on this level of trust, and we're going to we're going to talk about we're going to talk about commitment uh, and the new research that's being done on
2: commitment. Uh, And uh, some of you will like this; others others of you will be frustrated. Uh, this researcher that I'll be talking about on the next show uh, actually taught at UK for a
1: number of years. That's okay. So he's smart. Or she's smart. <laughs> the, the Harvard of the South. Hey, Chuck, right. th- thanks for coming. Would you, would you pray for us guys that we would lead in, a, in, a, in, a, in yeah. our marriages in a really healthy, honoring way, what you, what you talked Amen. about tonight. Amen. Would you pray? Okay. Lord, thank you for the privilege
2: of being here this evening. I pray, Lord, you'll take what we shared with one another this night Use it to bring you honor and glory, Lord, and use it to draw us closer to our spouses. Lord, help us to understand that the number one trusting relationship you want us to have with a human being on this planet is with our spouse. Help us to be courageous enough to walk right into the middle of that, Lord. Mm. It's in your name I pray, Lord. Amen. Amen.
1: amen amen thank you chuck thank you
0: so if you're just listening uh tuning in and you're hearing the very end of this you can go to our facebook page soundcloud itunes and you can hear the podcast in its entirety but can you imagine i told the audience this before we started chuck was going to do all of that in one show like we're going to do two shows and he talked about in october so he was going to try to squeeze all of that in one show can you imagine trying to do that Everything we just heard, it's like, man, I am behind the eight ball on those five things. So, um, and Kurt said it best, you can't do this on your own. You need a Savior. You need a Savior in your marriage. You need a Savior in your life. So we exist as this show. Part of it is to say, hey, guys, if you are walking in life without God, you are not living up to your destiny and for what God has planned for you. Uh, so in walking with God through Jesus Christ is part of his plan for you. And that's the best thing to do first before you start working on your marriage. And and I'm not the marriage counselor here, but doing that. So, hey, thank you for listening. We thank our live audience. And tune in next time. We're going to talk to Chuck in a couple weeks finishing up our marriage. So thank you for listening to Solid Steps Radio. Thank you very much. Uh, this is our, our our bonus segment. So if you're listening to this through the podcast or on our Facebook page, uh, the radio did not, he- not gonna hear this portion of it. We're having a little Q&A here. We're going to spend some time asking some questions from the audience. And uh, if we can get some real serious questions here okay. versus picking on me. I don't think that's important. But uh, <laughs> Chuck can counsel me later that's, on that. That's just so much <laughs> more fun, <I> right? <laughs> so uh, we're going to... Do some questions, Kurt. Shoot away. Okay, here we go,
1: Chuck. Yeah. What can you do if you are the only one trying to build trust in your marriage? Um, number one thing uh, is
2: a saying that they say commonly in the NBA, uh, the game isn't over till a fat lady sings. Okay? And so until there is a divorce, you still have hope. All right? Until that actually happens, you still have hope. I would even say after it happens, you got great hope because a couple of times, um, I, I've been involved in helping one couple who had been divorced for eight years come back together.
1: Another couple was divorced for thirteen years; um, they came back together. You know, and I would, okay. and, I, and, I would in, and say one more thing, and I think I think, I think it's obvious, but yeah. I mean, I would I'd just be really, really on my knees, big time, and yeah. just saying, God Almighty. I need your help. We need your help. Um, we are desperate. I am desperate. I, I want to connect with my spouse. I feel like I'm working towards trust. But God, I need you to step in here. Yeah. Well, two things I'd add to
2: it. one of those two things, uh, Kurt, would be uh, please don't walk that path by yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, get your brothers and sisters in the Lord around you. Now... Uh, brothers and sisters who, whom you have a pack of mutual destruction with, okay? Now, so let's put this in, that comment in a historical context. Why did the former Soviet Union not launch their ICBMs, their nuclear missiles towards us? Because we would turn around and launch towards them, right? <laughs> then we'd both be dead and then everybody else would eventually die, right? So you need to have friends in life who can keep their mouths shut who know as much about you as you know about them. And that's a good motivator to say, I'm not going to rat my buddy out so I can share with that buddy now, okay? We've got, to be, we've got to be close with these people, and so we've got to have a pack of mutual destruction with them where they're not going to rat us out because we're not going to be truly open and honest unless we have that great trust, uh, trusting relationship with them. So get those Christian people around you, brothers in the, if you're a man, brothers in the Lord, if you're a woman, sisters in the Lord, to just be a support to you and encourage you along the way. Okay, And it feels, you feel much better when you know that people are praying
1: for you. And then second is, can I, can, I, can I interject please, there? Please. Uh, he who walks with the wise grows wise. Yeah. And uh, we, we have to have wisdom from yep. those around us. Yeah, have to. And then the other thing is,
2: understand that, that since you potentially want to build trust, but you, it doesn't appear your spouse wants to, get really, really good, we noted early on, at spotting the positives that are coming in your direction. Because if one of you wants to build trust and the other one really isn't, you're in an unhappy marriage which means you're missing 50% of the positive things that are, in fact, coming towards you from your spouse. Mm. So get really, really good at spotting those positive things because the more of those positive things you spot, the higher your hope will go up. Okay?
1: Mm. Uh, Chuck, uh, what if your spouse won't go to counseling with you?
2: That's a hard one. Um, I I would just really say... Uh, I've had a number of people come in that I've worked with who uh, voraciously read stuff, okay? Just voraciously got into books and uh, listened to good podcasts that helped them out uh, and just gathered as much information as they could gather, okay? And then the basic thing I would, I would encourage you to pray for is, is pray that God would make his voice irrefutably heard, that God would make his voice irrefutably heard to your spouse, as well as to you. If you want God to be irrefutably heard by your spouse, you've gotta be willing to experience the very same thing. So pray that God will talk to you in a very deep way, in a very deep way, and pray that God will talk to your
1: spouse in a very deep way. Okay, that's good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chuck, for a couple who's been married for over 25 years, Mm -hmm. uh, what book would you recommend to help grow and make the marriage thrive?
2: Uh, The standard book that I refer, Couples 2 uh, is Dr. Gottman's Seven Principles book. It came out in round 99. It's a very good book. Uh, it's a secular book. Um, uh, but honestly, uh, most of the Christian books that have been written out there, well, um, I can't really say this really nicely, so I guess I'll just say it, um, steal from Dr. Gottman like crazy. Okay, just, just blindly steal from him. And don't give him credit. That's one of my challenges with a lot of Christian writers. They don't give credit to the person who had the original idea. You know, that's called theft of ideas. Mm. Okay? Uh, that's a sin.
1: So, what's the name of the book? Name of the book? Seven,
2: yeah. It's called the Seven Principles book by Dr. Gottman. Now, I will tell you, um, he reports what couples uh, honestly say to one another. So, be ready for the honest saying that they will have. But that's the number one book that,
1: that I recommend. That's awesome. Okay. Uh, Chuck, what's the best way to handle the conflict of different sex drives between husband and wife?
2: Okay, well, you're going to the really easiest question of all, right? Um, I think the closer you get to one another in your thinking, the closer you get to one another in your emotions, the closer you are with one another spiritually, the, mo- the better you are at being able to relate to one another in a way where you move one another. I mean, you can talk to one another in a way where you move the other person. The greater the likelihood your spouse is going to want to be sexual with you. Because let's think about that. How many people on this planet can relate to you in a way that move you to the very core of your being? I would estimate that you're going to have fingers left over on on one hand. Okay? So get really, really good at moving your spouse very, very deeply. Also, we've talked about this in the past, become a student of your spouse. Study your spouse. Not to defeat your spouse, but just study your spouse. And understand that when you study your spouse and you connect with your spouse, the reality is your spouse is going to feel more deeply known. And the more deeply known they feel, the greater the likelihood they're going to want to be physically intimate with you.
1: What do you find to be the, mo- uh, the major areas of marital conflict? um basically we all know it's
2: communication the destructive ways that we communicate with one another is the big deal
1: yeah uh, anything else
2: uh, if we can just change how we communicate which most of the shows i've been on that's exactly what we've been talking about is just changing the ways that we communicate with one another and so when we do that the reality is we're going to grow we're going to grow closer over the years
1: yeah, so the yeah. next question here is, what's the best way to build good communication in marriage? And mm-hmm. you, you know, it's, it's
2: Listen to the podcast that we've done.
1: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean, be a good listener. Yeah. Think to understand yeah. before being understood. Really, I mean, really, yeah. uh, that, that whole emotional connection is powerful. Yeah,
2: an example is, I, I don't grade myself by how well my wife knows me. I, I, I don't really think about how well does Kim really know me. Now, she knows me very well, but I don't really even think about that. I grade myself based upon how well do I know her. Okay? How well do I know her? How deeply do I know her? How All of the areas that make up who she is as a person, do I know who she is in all of those areas? And so if I know her very well in all of those areas that are extremely relevant to her, then, then we're going to build a great relationship in every area of life. Your turn've
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, got um, some of these questions are I can't even ask them <laughs> uh.
2: well, Kurt, are you allowed to even how, how, read how you, them uh, how do you
1: how do you suggest keeping the romance alive after 25 thirty or, and more or more years um, uh, funny thing is it's
2: it's really about it's really about how do you build romance with one another. Mm. And, and really, romance goes back to the very basic foundational things. Again, I'll say it again. Are you a student of your spouse? Are you a student of your spouse? Can you talk to your spouse in a way that you can move her to the very core of her being? Or, wife, that you can move him to the very core of his being? Now, for the vast majority of guys out there, ladies, you don't have to work too hard to figure out how to move him to the very core of his being. So in that respect, ladies, you got it pretty easy. Let's just say food and the other thing that begins with S, okay? <laughs> and, and, and so you got it easy in that respect, okay? But you're taught to think much more deeply in life in woman's school than we're taught to think deeply in man's school. That's just the reality of life, Okay? What we're taught in man school is get up and go to the office and beat your head against the office brick wall or go to the plant and beat your head against the plant brick wall. That's what we're taught. And we take pride in being able to do that. But we're not taught how do you really dig in and get to know your wife. Mm. But the more deeply you know her, the more she'll want to be with you.
1: Okay. This, is, uh, this is coming from a a couple that their son was just recently married and they want to, how, how can they best encourage support this new couple starting a new brand new marriage?
2: Yeah. Um, I would basically just say, uh, take them out to lunch every now and then, take them out to dinner every now and then. Uh, talk with them about the couples that moved you. Talk about them, about the couples that really taught you. You know, so I'll give you this example. Um, When Kim and I were were married for a couple of years, um, we loved to visit my my Aunt Faye and my Uncle Al. My Aunt Faye was one of my dad's four sisters. Al was her husband and before Faye passed, I think they'd been married like 56, 57 years. We went to visit them a couple of years before Faye passed away. And uh, Kim and I were seated on one side of the table and they were in the kitchen area and they were fixing supper and arguing with one another debating with one another. But it really wasn't an argument. Because they would turn around and look at Kim and look at me and they do this. they go. <laughs> and they'd wink their eye at me and at Kim. And it's like, okay, this is, their pl- this is how they play. They're not really angry at one another, just kind of a little bit, you know, getting the juices flowing a little bit. My wife calls that healthy bantering. Um, <laughs> If it's bantering for her benefit, not for <laughs> yours, okay? Uh, and then one of the great things about Fay and Al is um, one of the rules in the family, in, uh, in that family, was uh, Fay and Al lived halfway up a hill uh, just uh, right close to New Richmond, Ohio, just, which is just east of Cincinnati, Ohio. One of the rules that the family knew about was uh, you would park your car at the bottom of the ridge, honk your horn three times, Wait about three to five minutes before you would drive up a 90 degree driveway. Get out of your car at the top of the the mid part of the hill, okay? And then you would stand there and wait for Faye and Al, one of them, to come out and invite you to come into the house. For this reason one or two family members had walked in and found them enjoying one another. I already knew the answer to this story. That's why I was laughing yeah. because you told it. Yeah. They were crazy about one another. They, ha- they had that connection with one another, and every single day they built that connection with one another. And, and they'd been through tragedy, uh, un- unspeakable tragedies in life. And Kim and I actually spent some time with Faye and Al um, about a couple of weeks before Faye passed away. Uh, she was just eaten up with cancer. And to, just, to, to see Al take her out of a nursing home, bring her back home, so that she could pass away and be able to look out of the bay window of the house down the ridge, mm-hmm. and all of the pain that he went through. But even a couple of weeks before she was going to pass away, the longingness that were in their eyes for one another was just stunning to watch. See, every day they built something with one. Every day they built something with one another. They were crazy about one another. So we have, to, we have to do that. We have to have that kind of attitude. So now, if you grew up in a context where you didn't see that kind of stuff, then talk, talk with your brothers and sisters in the Lord who are building that kind of a relationship with one another. And if you have that kind of a relationship, please find people to share that with within the context of the church. Minister to them. Encourage them. Because I'm convinced that the vast majority of people out there don't grow up with those kinds of examples. They just don't. You know, they might know, okay, I need to do this a little bit better. But they might not get the art of it. They might not even get the feel of what that really is like.
1: So. And, 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 I mean, what you're talking about, Chuck, is, mm-hmm. I mean, just the power of our our relationship is so powerful and so can be used for such, such good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is the picture of Jesus and his bride, the church. Yeah, very much so. And so this picture, this portrait that we are portraying mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's so yeah, powerful. it's crucial. Um, I'm going to ask one more here, Chuck. we got several, but I'm going to, just for time-wise. Okay. Um, how could I do better with defending and protecting my wife when she feels wronged or offended?
2: Okay, a couple, couple thoughts for you. One is... Um, this whole little area of research that they actually call, and you're going to love this, we-ness, W-E-N-E-S-S. Crazy research terms out there, okay? But do, do I relate to my spouse in a way where I really focus more on who we are together? Okay, making that deep and abiding connection with one another. Okay, could, could you read it to me again, Kurt? I want to make sure I get the other part, the other factor in.
1: Uh, what are some of the, no, oh, that's the wrong one. Oh, uh, I just lost it.
2: <laughs> See, be ready for a quiz, right?
1: <laughs> How could I do better yeah. with defending and protecting my wife when she feels wronged or offended?
2: Yeah. Well, if you have wronged and offended her, if you're the one, <laughs> um, I'm going to say to you, drop one word from your vocabulary, and it's the word Sorry and replace the word sorry with apologize. Just say, I apologize. I obviously could have handled that situation much, much better. I apologize. Now, I wanna ask, many of you as to how many apologies have you received from your spouse in life? Because frankly, I know most, most don't. Doesn't happen for most couples. But it is, a point of, it is a point of strength to say to your spouse, I apologize. See, man school teaches us men that to apologize is weakness. It really isn't. It's a display of strength. So if you're the one who've, who has hurt her, then simply apologize. And, and maybe add, I was wrong. Yeah, you can add that too. Yeah. Yeah, funny thing, we can be wrong on occasion. who'd have
0: have thunk it right (laughs) all right so we want to thank uh charles tackett dr charles tackett for coming on and uh again he's going to be back on if you're listening to this podcast depending on when october the 22nd that week that (laughs) weekend we're gonna we're gonna air another episode where we're gonna talk about the the commitment matrix the commitment matrix and there's seven items
2: right in that correct There are seven introductory items and 22 sub-items.
0: That's why we need another show. So we're going to thank you. Research is very detailed. (laughs) (laughs) So we want to thank you for listening. If you're listening to the podcast, we want to thank our live audience for being here tonight. So we're going to end this segment with this bonus segment, encouraging you to listen in on the the weekend of October 22nd to hear that show. And we're going to do Dr. Chuck Tackett. Come in the studio and do that, and we're looking forward to that. So we want to thank you for listening to Solid Steps Radio. All right. Thank you, guys, for coming out tonight. Um, Yeah,
1: thank you very much. Thanks for for coming. I think uh, any more dessert over there? Got some dessert over there? Uh, Hang around as long as you'd like. Make sure as you leave. And I'm just going to... wrap up with a closing prayer Um, my mom was really concerned tonight we were eating before we prayed I said mom trust me we're going to pray tonight (laughs) Um, I want to pray over you and just again thank you for coming make sure you grab a book uh, one per family Um, and uh, is that it am I missing anything
0: no we just want to thank our sponsors and and some of the folks have asked us hey is this really free? Yes, it is. And that, you know, most of the time you don't relate pastors and being generous. This is one of the most generous pastors I've ever, I've ever known. No, he is the most generous pastor I've ever known. And he wants to give. And so this is not a fundraiser, it's a thank you. But this is how he, if you say, hey, I want to partner with this guy and this is me saying this, not him, um, it's well invested. Well invested in Kingdom, so. Let me, uh, let me just echo
2: that, Chad. Yeah. Um, they pay me big bucks to be on the show.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you get I seconds. <laughs> I don't want to steal your supper, okay? Uh, it, it's an honor and privilege to work with Kurt and to work with Chad. Uh, I believe in what Kurt is doing and what Chad are doing ministerially. Um, and I hear a lot of fantastic things out there in the community that God is working through them in amazing ways. So I just look at this as a privilege to work with them in this area. So thank you guys. Appreciate it.
1: Okay. Uh, just grateful for you guys. So let me pray. Uh, Lord, just grateful for these folks. Thank you so much, um, for their Commitment um, to you and to walk with you, and, and to be an incredible blessing to Further Ministries, to me personally, and Nancy, and our, our family. And just, uh, God, I, I pray that you would bless these folks, that your face would shine upon them, to be gracious to them. May they sense your peace. And we pray this in the name of the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, who is our Lord. We pray in his name. Amen. Blessings on you. Keep listening.